Welcome to the Saturday Economist Live. This is Saturday, the 29th of May, 2021. President Joe Biden announced his $6 trillion budget this week. The president is committed to an expansion of support for infrastructure, education and the social safety net. But questions are asked. Where does the money come from? Do budget deficits matter anymore? What will happen to inflation? Is there a risk of hyperinflation? Will interest rates have to rise? And when? The President's budget forecasts a 1.8 trillion deficit in the fiscal year 2022, followed by a 1.3 trillion deficit in subsequent years. This follows an almost 4 trillion deficit in fiscal 21. The good news the deficit is falling as a percentage of GDP, from 17% this year to 8% next, then falling further in subsequent years. $10 trillion will have been added to the US debt pile over a period of five years. But where does the money come from? The Fed has been ready to step in as the buyer, not the lender, the buyer of last resort. Modern monetary financing of the fiscal deficit ensures the Fed will continue to mop up new issuance at the rate of $120 billion per month. QE is dead. Monetary financing of the fiscal deficit is here. The federal balance sheet has expanded from $4.2 trillion at the beginning of January last year to $7.4 trillion by the end of December 2021. A $10 trillion balance sheet is within reach in 2022. But where does the money come from? We print it digitally, explains the chairman of the Federal Reserve, Jerome Powell as we said in the Saturday Economist's live episode this month. Domestic markets are happy to accept the increase in dollar reserves and money supply. US bond yields hold steady at 1.6%. Foreign exchanges are a little more circumstant about the prospects for the greenback. Federal debt will increase to 110% of GDP this year. It is set to rise to almost 120% by the end of the decade. Sterling continues to test the $1.42 level. Some expect the move to $1.49 by the end of the year. Fortunately, growth expectations are rising for the year in prospect. Stronger growth could help. The US administration is forecasting growth of 5.2% this year and 3.2% next. The IMF is forecasting growth of 6.5% this year. The latest IHS market, US Composite Index, hit 68 in April. That's a series high. Businesses reported an unprecedented expansion in activity in services and in manufacturing. US growth may well exceed 7% this year, assuming firms can secure staff and the supplies they need to support the recovery. Prices are rising. The Bureau of Economic Analysis released the latest personal consumption inflation measure for April. It came in ahead of expectations at 3.6%. It was the strongest reading in 13 years. Not really sure what the fuss is about. CPI inflation hit 4.2% in the same month. The pickup in inflation is happening as the rebound in demand meets supply shortages. Output is slow to return to pre-pandemic levels. Prices are squeezed higher. Basing effects are evident. Prices collapsed in April last year. Oil prices, for example. Oil prices, WTI basis, traded at just $16 a barrel in one week. Traders were paid $35 a barrel 
just to roll the barrels away. Inflation is always and everywhere a transitory phenomenon at the moment, according to the central banks. The Fed is prepared to look through the short-term blip in prices, avoiding tapering and an increase in base rates to secure first a return to full employment. Not all are convinced. Former Treasury Secretary Larry Summers thinks President Biden's budget risks overheating the US economy. Summers said Biden is right to be trying to fix infrastructure and reduce inequality, but he's worried by the large budget deficits. I am worried, he said, in both the short term and the medium term about overheating. The President's tax plan may ease fears on that score. Higher rate taxpayers will pay part of the price. The top rate of capital gains tax will rise to 40% in the Biden plan. Either way, for prices, this is not a return to high inflation of the 1970s, when the collapse of the Peruvian anchovy crop led to hyperinflation around the world. OK, the quadrupling of oil prices didn't help. But today's inflation is transitory and transient. It's due to bottlenecks, excessive commodity speculation and a manufacturing diet of chips with everything. As we say, the best cure for rising prices is rising prices. That's all for this week. We'll be back with more next week. Stay safe. The Saturday Economist live podcast, great updates on the UK and world economy. Visit thesaturdayeconomist.com to sign up. Don't miss out.